0: amen if you've been blessed so far this morning would you say amen with me amen, amen. amen. good to see everyone here and i invite you to turn your bibles to genesis chapter 2 verse 7 as our opening text as we go through our study and focusing on our higher calling god's purpose for us in our lives genesis chapter 2 verse 7 our high calling that God has for us we're going to be looking at relationships this morning uh I feel impressed to go in a little different direction than my sermon but Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 and we'll be looking at how we, the gospel is all about relationships and not only because really the, the 10 commandments is a relationship the first four commandments is a relationship with God right loving him and obeying him and the last six is our relationship with each other loving in each other and serving one another and that is the whole law is all about love and relationships. so we're looking at this morning and God's plan and purpose for every single one of us and how God planned it all out and how we should have relationships and I pray this morning that God will reveal to us his love that he has for us that we may respond to it let us pray father as your word is open we humbly ask for you to be our teacher to help us to see what you want us to learn and apply it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Genesis 2 verse 7. I want to look, point out the plan that God has for each one of us. And what is our higher purpose? What is the purpose that God has called you to? Notice it says that in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. The first purpose, there's four purposes we're going to go over. Four purposes for your life that God has for you. Let's look at purpose number one. First of all, the Bible says here, And the Lord God formed... Who? Man, Man, of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now so here we have that God just created, you're going to find in the story, God just created, who did God create first? Was it Eve first, or Adam first, or did he create them exactly the same time? How did he do it? Adam. Adam first, right? So God created just Adam so in other words there was a time before god when god created adam there's some time where he created him and then after that things happened where the spouse came so there was a period of time in the bible where it was just adam and god true so in other words the first thing that god wanted the first purpose that god wanted for adam was to have just a chunk of time where he wanted to spend time just with adam alone so the first purpose god has for you is Before anything else comes into your life, He wants you to have a relationship with Him and Him alone before you do anything else in this world. What did He say, amen? Amen. He wants you to love Him. Why? Because He loved you first. And because He initiates and loves you first, because of that love, He wants you to respond and then respond to the love and serve Him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And when you have that, you'll be truly happy. I want to be happy. How about you? Amen? So the relationship with God, so Adam was all alone. So the first purpose God created in you, in in creating man, was for you to have a relationship with him first, before anything else comes into your life. The second thing we have here, look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Notice what the Bible says. This is the second purpose God has in creating you. First purpose, you have a relationship with God before anything else. The second thing was this. And the Lord God took the man, Adam, and put him into the, What? garden of eden to do what to dress it and to keep it. in other words to maintain it right keep it maintain it but also to dig it up to create a garden so the second thing god did for adam was that he created a life calling or an occupation that's the second thing so the first thing god created adam was for ha- to have a what do you know relationship with who with god right and the second thing immediately after that, that, God wanted him to discover what was his life calling. In this specific um, situation, we find that Adam's life calling, his occupation, his life work, was that of a gardener. Do you see that? A farmer. So it was an occupation. So before you even find out what is your calling and what work you need to do, God wants you to dis- discover a relationship with him that you are loving with all your heart. Amen? And then when you love it with all your heart, you then pray, God, the second calling that he has for your life is that God will reveal to you what is the life work or the occupation that he has called you to. Because you want to be, so you're not going to be happy at a job where that is not your life calling to your work, right? There are a lot of people out there who are working, they're not happy. They're miserable, right? They hate their job. They're slaves to the jobs. Why? Because maybe they need the money. Why do they need the money? Because maybe they're in debt, right? They're forced to work at occupations that was never intended to be their life calling. But maybe they're at a place, a nurse or a doctor, because their parents wanted them to be a nurse or a doctor. And that's not what God wanted them to be, but they were so pressured by their parents, they became that. Do you know anyone like that? And so God wants you to discover and pray, God, what is the life calling you have for me after you discover your relationship with God? So that's the second purpose God created you for. Let's look at the third purpose. After Adam had established a relationship with God and loved God, he then prayed to God, and and God God was the one that gave to him his life calling, his occupation. Notice that? The Lord, um, it says here in 15, the Lord um, took man and put him in the garden. In other words, God gave to Adam. It wasn't like Adam just chose, but he discovered what his life calling was. Now the third thing that happened, this is what happened next. Verse 22 of chapter 2. The Bible says, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a what? Woman. Woman. Brought her unto the man. I want to know the third thing is that. After Adam, man, discovered his relationship with God and loved God, the next thing was that he discovered his life calling, his occupation. And then the third purpose in creating Adam was this, that he would discover his soulmate. The person that God designed for Adam to be happy. There is a soulmate that God created. And I want you to notice, who was it that discovered? Was it Adam that discovered Eve, or was it Eve that discovered Adam? What does the Bible say? Did Adam discover Eve, or did Eve discover Adam? What does it say? Talk to me, church. (laughs) What does it say there? Ah, neither is right. Adam didn't find Eve. Eve did not find Adam. But the Bible says that God was the one that brought Eve to Adam. When he say amen? amen? In other words, the third purpose in God creating Adam was that he would find his soulmate. And it was God that found the soulmate one to another. And to, to be truly happy, it was God that brought them together. The woman was brought to, man, was brought to Adam. God discovered that if you believe that and trust in a God who loves you, He will bring you the person that He will make you happy the rest of your life. What do you say, amen? Amen. So God's first purpose was He wants you to establish a relationship with Him first. And then you discover your life calling. And then after that, then you will discover the soulmate that God has for you. This is the trip to happiness, right? Isn't God's way the best way, right? Amen? Our way is messed up, but God's way is always the best way. Doesn't end there. Look at the last purpose in God creating man. And this is found in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. This is the last purpose in creating man. It says, And Adam knew Eve. Now that word know is intimate as in sleeping together. So the Bible says, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So what was the last purpose in creating man? That they were what? Have children, yeah? <laughs> good good try. <laughs> but they, would have, they have children, right? And so, it, in other words, that's why it says be fruitful and what? Multiply. Multiply. Of course, when you sleep together, you got to get naked, I'm sure, right? <laughs> so, that was, so you have these four purposes, right? So you have, so God wants you to have, first of all, He wants you to have a relationship with Him first, right? To love God. Then the second thing He wants you to have is to have what? Find your what? Life calling, your work, which Adam found, he was a gardener. And then the third part is that God wants you to discover what? Your soulmate, right? And then after you discover your soulmate, then He wants you to have what? Children. Doesn't that make sense? It makes sense because, you know, in order to have all of that good things, you must have a relationship with God first and love Him first. And discover your your life calling in your work, right? To have find out what is your true life calling, and then after you have your life calling, in order to marry the right person, it makes sense that you have your life calling in place before you get married. Why? So you can what? Support and find and support and provide for your family, right? So that's why God put it in a specific order, right? And also, you have a relationship with God before you get married. Why? So that you would treat your spouse with the love that God gives in your heart to love and how you should be loving from the Word of God. What do you say, amen? Amen. If you have a relationship without the love of God, you're going to mistreat your spouse. God made a specific order, right? And then God put children at the end, and He made sure you had a relationship way in the beginning. Why? So that you will love your children. You will respect your children. You will train them up in, in the ways of God that when they become old, they will not depart from it, beloved. What do you say, Amen. And that's the purpose why God put in those orders. But I want you to notice, as we understand these four things, the ways of the world today. Is it not different? In fact, Satan's way is totally, completely opposite to God's way, is it not? So, Satan today, I want to show you the order that Satan does today. He, does, he wants to do everything opposite to what God does. So what he does is, he gets young couples to live together to sleep together, right, and they have sex, and what happens? They have children, right, that's what happened, you've seen this happen. So the, they start in the end, the opposite side, so now these young people, they're having children first, right, and after they have children, they're with that person, they're young, 18, 19, 20, 21, whatever, 25, and because they have children, they say, well, you know, since we have children together, then that's us uh, what? Let's what? Get what? Let's get married. So after they have children together, they get married, right? So now they have children, and now because they have a family, instant family, they have a children, they have a wife, now what do they feel they have to do next? They need to get what, and what they need to do? They need to get a job, why? They need what? Money. So now they get a job, and they get money, and they go to work, right? That's the third thing. And after that, because the life is so messed up, because they have children before they're ready, and they're not happy with it, because they were married to someone they do not love when they wake up in the morning, and they look at their spouse, they do not love them. And then because they're at a job they totally hate because they only do it because they need the money. Their life is so messed up. Then they turn to God as a last resort. Isn't that true today? Is that not happening? Have we not destroyed God's complete order in our homes? Have we not gone completely backwards? Are we not seen in our community and out there that we're totally going against God's original purposes in creating man? And Satan has been strong and successful in doing this in our community, in our homes, and destroying everything we have built here, even in Hanukkah. You see it all over the place. And we have lost the purpose of God and, God, and people are not happy. Can you imagine being married to someone you do not love? Hmm. The rest of your life? 30 years, 40 years? Can you imagine being in a job you hate and dread to come to work every single day? Can you imagine being there? Because they're not following God's purpose. Can you imagine a life so messed up you need God? Beloved, we don't need to hit rock bottom before we turn to the Lord, don't we, right? Can't we just turn to God in the beginning? What do you say, amen? Amen. Let's turn to God in the beginning before it gets worse. Because a lot of times, a lot of people's lives are so messed up, they never turn to God. You know, it is all about relationships, is it not? Relationship with God, with one another, with our spouse, our workplace, and even our children. Let's go to a text here: First John chapter four, verse twenty. First John chapter four, verse twenty. And notice what it says here. 1 John chapter four, verse twenty. This is what it's all about. The Bible says. If a man says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a what? Liar. Liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? In other words, how can you say that you love God but then you treat your, your children and your spouse and your fellow church members a certain way, you're mean and rude and crude to all of them, and you're not respectable and loving to them, how can you say you love God when you're treating other people opposite of what you're claiming to do? Is that possible? So you cannot say you love God. In other words, do not say you love God if your life is not proving it. If you're not living a life, then that is not what, that, you're not living a life of a Christian. You know, this afternoon, um, and two weeks from now, I'm teaching a class, as you know, on understanding the Hawaii culture. And I'll, the reason why we're doing this is because I want us to understand not only people who are not, you know, not born and raised in Hawaii, but even those of us who are born and raised in Hawaii, to understand the culture, and then also understand how we can relate. We're going to talk about relating to people in Hawaii, so relationships, so we can better reach them, with the love of, the, of God's love, with the gospel of God's love. What do you say, amen? amen. So at 2 o'clock down there, I invite you to join us, and we studying about how to relate to one another so we can actually share the love of God. Because it's not just me and God alone. That's easy, right? But the real th- proof that you're a Christian is how you treat and how I treat one another. What do you say, amen? amen. That's what it really matters, and how we relate to one another. So the Bible says here that if you do not treat and love one another with respect and love, then you do not really love me. And the opposite is true also. The reason why children are not respecting their parents, the reason why parents are mistreating their children and do not have time for them is because they do not really truly love God. Now, I've seen this as I travel. I've seen that there's a lot of young people hurting out there. And a lot of parents are hurting out there. And you know why they're hurting out there? Because there's a lack of relationships out there that are really meaningful. And I've seen that there are children who are longing for attention. The parents are so busy working, you know, one job or two jobs, or they're so busy chasing their careers and so busy that they had no time for their children when they're growing up. You now a lot of grandparents have such guilt trips, they like to make it up to the children and to the grandchildren because they were not there. I've seen that here happen a lot. But God wants us to restore relationships. God wants families to be together. And there's a lot of hurt. You know, I know that there's a lot of bitterness out there. You know why there's a lot of bitterness and pain and hurt and people mistreat one another? Because if you go back to the cause of the problem, you're gonna find that there's a lot of pain and hurt within the very own homes. Between the very own relationships, between the husbands or wives or the children or the parents or the fathers or the or the mothers, when the home is right then your heart will be right. And going before even a home, in order to get the home right, our relationship with God must be right. What do you say? Amen? Amen. This going backwards. In other words, our homes need to be restored. But you cannot restore it without God's love. You got to have experience, you got to experience God's love in your heart. And when you experience God's love in your heart, it will change you. It will transform you. And you know, if you want to, there's a prayer that we need to pray. And that's, this is the prayer. Lord, Change my home by changing me. What do you say, amen? amen? Change my home by changing me. In other words, if you want a healthy, wholesome home, full of God's love, you must pray that prayer that God would change you, not your wife or your husband or your children or your parents, but God will change you. And when God changes you, you your home will be transformed. What do you say, amen? And God wants you to change for the sake of your family. My question, how much do you love your family? Do you really love your family? And that is seen in how sincere we are in putting God first before even our family. In other words, you cannot put your family before God. If you try and put your family before God, your home will fail. You must put God first. It will not work. You will not be happy. You will fight. But when you put God first, God's going to do something in your heart. He's going to do a heart surgery. He's going to take out that old heart of stone and put a new heart of flesh in you, a heart of flesh of love. And that's what our world needs today more than ever before. It needs homes that are restored. And a church is as only as strong as the home is. If only we would realize, you know, you know, I wish I knew this stuff even before. But our young people need to know this lesson that we need to put God first, as Adam did, then get our life in order with our occupation, then have a family, and then things will go right. But when we go backwards, we make a mess of this, not only of our lives, but of the lives of those around us. And it's all about relationships. Turn me to Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 and 6. Malachi chapter 4, right before Matthew. Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 and 6. This is the last prophecy before Jesus was to come again. And that's this. In other words, this is the same Message that God wants us to give before Jesus comes back the second time. And this is the last message. Notice what it says. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he, this message, he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. In other words, the last message is this, that God's going to send a message out that's going to restore the hearts of the fathers, the parents to the children, and the hearts of the children to the parents. We do We not need that today, beloved. Amen? God wants to restore the homes. He wants to restore your home. He wants you to be there in heaven with your wife. He wants you to be there up in heaven with your husband. He wants you to be there in heaven with your children and with your parents. And how in the world are you going to be up there living together in harmony and peace if there's no harmony and peace here on this earth? Impossible. It's not going to happen. God's not going to allow any domestic violence in heaven. God's not going to be yelling, neighbors yelling at each other, spouses and beating each other up. That's not going to happen. God's not going to allow no coldness or um, hardship between husbands and wives and children. That's not going to be allowed in heaven. God wants to change our hearts now, beloved, so we will enjoy heaven. What do you say, Amen? Amen. Within every person who's full of pain and anger and hurt and medicates the pain through whatever means that happens, you can always go back to the root cause of the home. How's the home? How's the relationship with the wife, the husband? How's the relationship with your children? How's the relationship with your parents? How about your brothers, your sisters? Do they get along with you? Do, they get, do you get along with them? I mean, that really, really counts. Where's your children? Are they attending church? Are they going to church? Are they worshiping? Not only coming to the former church, but involved with church and serving the Lord. Where are they today? Where are they? And God wants to know, Christians in these last days, you know, we're heading at a time that the economy is not going to get better. The economy looks bad already. You know, this is just the beginning. And we know in the last days that the economy, Revelation 18, the economy is going to collapse. Are we in those days yet or not? Who knows? It could get better. It could get worse. Who knows? But you know, it could get bad really quickly. This is nothing. We've seen nothing yet. But if things go bad, you know, how, how ready are we for the last days? Huh, and I'm not just talking about external obedience. I'm talking about the heart issues. Where's your heart this morning, beloved? And where's my heart? Is the question I ask myself also. You know, there's, I want to share a story. When I was growing up with my dad, my dad was a, you know, we weren't Christians. My dad was an alcoholic, and my dad was abusive. And you come home to uh, We grew up in plantation in Hilo. You come home, my dad always drinking. And I'm coming home and my dad, mom used to always say to us, uh, quick, dad's coming. Go hide in a car. Or go hide in a back shed. You ever grew up in a home like that? Quick, the dad's coming. And this is not like quick the enemy's coming, you know? This is quick, you know, your father's coming. So here, here we are, you know. I, I grew up grew up, I hated my dad. I hated my dad. I don't want nothing to do with him. And then You know, you know the story about how we got converted. My parents got converted, my dad got converted. I used to pray that prayer, God, I just want a normal home. That was my prayer growing up. And then I remember my dad eventually, 11 years after my mom came to the church, my dad finally got converted, right? And then as I was graduating from high school, right, he got baptized. I left out, but I said, hey, look, great for my dad, but I'm having fun in this world, right? So I just went out and had fun, but you know that fun never lasted. I hit my rock bottom and I God turned me around and I got converted. I became a Christian. God transformed my life. And then I went to Wemore College and I experienced true the love of God. And I was like, man, I want to restore my family. I want to restore my I, I want to turn the hearts of the Father to the children and the children to my father. I want to be one with my father. I want to restore, but we didn't know how to. Because we were so messed up. You know, our home was so messed up. We didn't know how to love one another. Because I hated him so much. Yeah, if he hated me, I didn't care. And so God was storming my heart. And then God said something to me. He said, you know, don't wait for your dad. He has his responsibility to make things right with you. But do not wait for your dad because if you wait for your dad, it'll never happen. You know why? Because he's, so, he's raised up his whole life, you know, messed up. He doesn't know any other way to relate to his children the right way. Because, you know, God's still working with him. And, you know, he wants to restore, because he's a Christian now, but he wants to restore a relationship with you, Keala, but he doesn't know how. He wants to, but he doesn't know how. So you're going to have to take the initiative. As a son, who should we respond only to the father, the father should initiate. I want you to initiate. So I made that point, you know, I moved back to the Big Island, I saw the pastoring here, and I made it an effort to visit my dad, to visit him every single day, know as much as I could you know I visit him as much as, and talk to him and I go home and you know what I do I'll turn off that TV you know that TV was on 24 hours a day and I'm not joking my dad slept to the TV he needed that noise I turn it off why because TV is like you know you can sit next to each other and you're watching but you're not talking to one another it's very surface relationships we turn on that TV and we you know, I started talking to my dad I started talking to my brothers and sisters and my brothers and sisters You know, we knew everything about the latest, you know, we knew all the statistics for the latest football games going on. And we knew all the latest movies, the the music. But when we stopped talking about all that stuff and got real meaningful conversation, you know, the world today is very shallow. The world today is very surface-y. They don't have close relationships. And so I sat down and got to know, I would sit there with my brothers and sisters and we had nothing to say. Because we didn't, we did I realized that I did not have a relationship with my family, like real kind, where you can actually open up your heart and talk to one another. And so I talked, talk, and started talking to my dad, and after a while, I spent an hour, two hours, three hours in this conversation, nothing on, no radio, no movies, no TV, nothing. And it's talked for hours at a time, reconnecting with my dad, what I've always wanted my whole life. And to me, that's the most beautiful thing that ever happened to me no, God's in the business of restoration. what are you saying? Amen? Amen? He wants you to restore relationships. He wants you to restore your your home. He wants you to spend time with one another. He wants you to get know each other and that can only be done when you know the, the king of all relationships, Jesus Christ. So the Bible says here that I will send you Elijah and he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. When we have a relationship with God, God's going to impel you and compel you and inspire you to restore the relationships and put away all pride that you have and selfishness and humble yourself to make things right. Don't you want to make things right? It's going to be a sad day when we get to heaven we don't see our loved ones there because we're too prideful to humble ourselves and suck it up. You now, God wants all of us there. I want to be there. How about you? Amen. Amen. I want my family to be there. I want my, you know, I couldn't even imagine to have, if my daughter's not there, I'm going, to be a, I'm going to be a lost soul man up there in heaven. I'll be so hurting. I know God's going to heal me and all tears are going to be wiped away, but if I was able to save 1,000 people and my own family is lost, that would be a miserable day for me. I see what I've done. So my family is first priority. My family is, I've always, everywhere I go, everywhere, everywhere I travel, I always take my family. And God is always blessed. My family is always first. And my ministry is only as powerful as my family. When you take away my family, my ministry is nothing, as my family is my ministry. And that's what God wants for every one of us. God wants us to put God first and then reach our family for Jesus and know how to reach them. I want to reach them. And don't stop praying for your children. What do you say, amen? Amen. God will answer that promise. He's going to save your children. He's going to save your family. He's going to save your brothers and sisters because you love him. This This morning, I want to seek and save the lost. How about you, amen? Our closing song is 373 in your hymnal. 373, Seeking the Lost. 373.